Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It is time, you guessed it, for the Garden Wise Show right here on Legends 810 with your favorite Garden Wise guys. One of which is me, Jim Borland. The other one is not me. That's Keith Funk. I still am. We we still are the same guys we were last week and for the following, following, and for the former 27 years. It just doesn't seem that long. I'm going to have to stop saying that because I I feel really old when I say that. (laughs) I hear you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hey, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is that, with your garden question, yours. Something that came up over the past week, the past month, past year, or your entire lifetime. You give us a call here, and we will discuss it. 303-477-2473 is the phone number to get in here. And John will pick up the phone and ask you a few pointed questions, and you will appear on our screen. But don't fear, Sean is a nice guy. He doesn't ask anything personal. Well, just be sure you know your favorite color. Uh, yeah. That's he, right. He will be asking that, and you, it will be a minor test. And he will tell you whether you're right or not. Exactly. <laughs> and you'll know if he hangs up. <laughs> That's right. That you were wrong. <laughs> all right. So what have you been doing in your garden over the past week <clears throat> with all the snow on the ground? Well, I wanted to get out there before the snow, and yeah. I just... You know, life got in the way. Yeah. But uh, not much. I was just kind of walking around taking stock of what was going on. I have snowdrops blooming. Yeah. It's that time of year. Yeah. And I noticed that the the hellebores are starting to push up buds. Uh-huh. I think uh, mine are too, but they're under like a foot of snow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you know, my front yard is south and west facing, so yeah. it's all melted off. Yeah. There's There's no snow left there. But uh, I guess we're going to get some more, and it's going to be bitterly cold. Boy, I guess. Daytime highs in the teens or something? Yeah. So thank goodness we're getting snow with it. Well, yeah, that will help. That will help the ground (coughs) a bit. I know because a lot of the tulips and daffodils are up. Um, I had expected snow crocus by now. I see on the Internet uh, folks uh, in the local area uh, do have some crocus species coming up. Yeah, and I have for weeks. Mine are mine are a bit pokey this year. Yeah. I don't understand. Never fear. They <laughs> will come up. Trust me. If you plant them, <laughs> they will come. That's right. <laughs> hey, over the past week, I've uh, been checking, far, spending too much time on the computer, <clears throat> which, by the way, these days is way too easy to do. Isn't that the oh, truth? Geez, like, you get on Facebook and like look at the clock and Geez, a half hour's gone by. What did I learn? Just what? a half hour? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> what did I learn? <laughs> and in and, and, and one of the feeds that's on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I can go down to like a hundred things that have come in and probably not even scratch the surface of things that come in over the past 24 hours. Yeah, it can go down a rabbit hole real fast. Yeah, really fast. And so, you know, I, I don't go beyond that. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> 
unless it's really current, probably like in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. That stuff has come in, they'll check that. But Anyway, I've been spending more time on the computer looking for, <clears throat> and I'll tell you why I did this, looking for yuccas, yuccas species, again, looking for seed of, of them. Mm-hmm. And they're not all in one place. <clears throat> I've probably ordered from six or seven places. How do you find them? You type, put in the, the, the box, the species that you're looking for. Oh, you have to be that. I guess it would be make sense to be that specific. Yeah, so you, you have, have to, to be that specific. Search through a yeah. bunch of different Oh, results. yeah. If you put in just yucca, you, you get like a thousand. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to narrow that search. And, um, and a number of sites come up for each species, and then you look for the cheapest one. It's <laughs> 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 as simple as that. And I think there's a tool for doing that, and I don't, I don't know what it is. I bet Sean has a video for that. <laughs> I'm sure. Always. <laughs> but anyway, I found out I have ordered now 22 species of yuccas and a couple of Hesperoloes, mm. uh, commonly called red yucca, but some of them are not red. They're yellow. Some of them are yellow and some are pink. Pink. Yeah. Oh, nice. So I'm still looking for yellow ones. There's a great variety out there right now called brake lights. <coughs> yes. Which is intense neon red. One has superseded it. Oh, yeah? Yes, and I forget the name of it. Superseded? Yeah, superseded it. And now that was supposed to be even more bigger and more better. Well, that's good because brake lights, I mean, I've got it in my yard, and it it grows fine, but not great. Yeah. And these are all coming out of, oh, Lord, what's the name of the place? Someplace in, I think, southern Texas. Hmm. They're doing breeding on these. Good. Yes. It's about time. But you can't, you can't order stuff from them because they're strictly wholesale. Oh. So you have to wait for them to come down the pike, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they, what I, I, was, I was influenced to look for these because a friend of ours by the name of Kelly Grummans, who is known as, he's got two different names on the internet. One is Cold Hardy Cactus, mm-hmm. and you can look that up, folks, if you're looking for not just cactus, but also yuccas and agaves and uh, dry land and Yeah, really dry land kind of stuff. Um, and it'll come right up on the screen, Cold Hardy Cactus, and you can order over, over, over the internet, and he'll send them to you. Um, anyway, he, he listed a number of things that look very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And he's charging, you know, the... The going rate, which is like twelve to fourteen to, or more dollars per. And he's got great pictures. Two of and things. a half or four inch pot, and uh, and I figured, hmm, if I spend that much money on one plant, can I find seed of the same thing and grow it myself? Mm-hmm. And I have one a number of them. Um, it so only adds two or three or five years. <laughs> yes. To the process. <laughs> That's right. I got time. <laughs> My front yard's full of that stuff. So. Yeah. If you plant like a hundred of them, it's like well, you can sit back and sort of ignore the fact that it's going to take two or three or four years. Now, if you do that every year, yeah. So every 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 after two or three years, you got lots of things. That and, so, and from seed, there's the there's the genetic variability factor. Yes, yes, and you have a lot more of them. Yeah. For the same price, actually cheaper price if you look much cheaper. Enough for yes. price. Yeah. So anyway, that got me looking for that and. Uh, and in that process, I already mentioned Cold Hardy Cactus. If you're looking for such things, also check out a company called Alp Plains. Alp Lanes. There's only one P in there. How do you spell that? A-L-P-L-A-I-N-S. It's one word. Alp Plains. A-L-P-I-A-N-S. 
Oh, yeah, it's in Plains, P-L-A-N-S. It's a seed catalog. And he had, I don't know, six or eight yucca species. Decent price. Yeah. So ordered all of those. <laughs> and they're all still available, so I'll be getting those. So uh, check those two out. I'm, I'm going to try when I get home, put those up on our Facebook page. Um, the uh, there be a, a connecting page, a link, if you will, to the cold-hearted cactus and Alplanes. And you ought to order from Alplanes now because he's thinking about retiring. Uh-oh. Yeah. He's spending a lot of time out in the field. He pl- collects all the stuff out in the field. And people like cold-hardy cactus, they also collect in the field, but I suspect he's also buying from airplanes, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just by looking at the spe- you know, same species that are so, available. Oh, gotcha. So anyway, uh, check those two out. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And today, don't wait until the last 10 minutes of the show <clears throat> to give us your call. Uh, call now, 303-477-2473. And you can do that while you're having your first cup of coffee. Or before you're even out of bed. We well, won't know. Yeah, that, we don't know. You don't have to be dressed. You can do this from the comfort of your bed. Because everybody's got one of these magic phones they can do that from. Mm-hmm. So we still have a landline. And, and we have a Dorothy. My wife has a flip phone, which I haven't learned a to use yet. A flip phone? A flip phone, yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> they're becoming more popular now. Again, yeah, they're yeah. coming back, aren't they? Yeah. But we had a lot of phone use yesterday. Because we were babysitting for our grandnephews, mm-hmm. one of which is like two, and it's at the stage where he's fascinated with the phone. He'll he'll pick up the phone, <laughs> and when wait until he gets to that. If you like to, <laughs> if you like to dial a number, why and do and, and, and he says hello, <clears throat> hello. <laughs> <laughs> he starts pressing buttons. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> oh dear. You're going to well, stay on top of those that age of kids. I guess, yeah. <coughs> they have more All energy than sense. Time. This is the first time they've been up to our house for an expended, and their parents went off to do whatever they're doing. And uh, and they're new to the house, so every, everything's new to them. Mm-hmm. Everything. And they have to touch, and they have to feel. And they <laughs> sometimes have to chew on. <laughs> and we made the mistake of not kid-proofing our house before Uh-oh. they came. So, you know, you had to have an eye on them all the time. Yep. That's exhausting. Oh, it, it is. Because, <laughs> you know, kids, little kids have one, I guess, is five. No, maybe six or seven now. I lost track. But, um, and he's a little more amenable to, to being around new things. Mm-hmm. But the young ones, Evers. Well, it, that an attention span of like two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of like our dogs. I mean, we feel like we're back raising small children again. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got to keep an eye on them because they're still young. They're still puppies yeah. essentially. They're less than two years old, and boy, they'll get into stuff. And it's like all of a sudden you realize it's awfully quiet and yes. one of them is missing from the room. That's right. What's going on? <laughs> then you have to get up and find them. <laughs> Where are they? Our, our cat has discovered bags. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And open drawers. Our dogs like socks and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
All right, let's do a anything, garden show here this morning. Anything paper. <laughs> okay. Our cat likes paper, too. So uh, you were you were working on yuccas. Yes. I spent a couple of hours going through a couple of um, catalogs online that uh, I think everybody would love. Um, my favorite one, well, I can't decide which one's my favorite. Probably my favorite one is Plant Delights. Yeah. And that is an incredible catalog to go through. Now, there's stuff yeah, that's not hardy here <coughs> yeah. in there, mixed in with stuff that is. But they, they're really clear about what zones mm-hmm. things are. And they have a number of things that's listed for Zone 6, and we know well they'll work here in Zone, zone five. 5. Right. So, but, but the photography, the pictures yeah. of these things, and stuff that I've never seen before. I mean, I know the species, I know the genus, but some of the species they have, or maybe some of the cultivars they have, are new to me. And oh, yeah. yeah. And I have to have them. <laughs> I think the guy who runs that is Tony Event. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. That's his name. Yeah, and He's out of a place called Juniper Plain. Low. Isn't it Juniper, yes, level. Juniper, Juniper level? Juniper Level. Juniper Level. You're yes. right. I'm sorry. Juniper, Juniper level. level. Yeah. And I saw that, and I, it just didn't make any sense to me at all. And I spend a lot of time on the Internet. W- what is a Juniper Level? What's the derivation of that? Yeah. <coughs> it's a flat piece of ground with junipers growing on it. Okay. There are other levels, other places. Okay. So that's where the name comes from. It's kind of like Walker's Low. It's kind of like that. For yes. Nip- kind of like Nipita, that. Yeah. <coughs> and um, he has a, a crevice garden there. Yeah. That our friend Kenton Seth. Oh, I saw him home. at Progreen. I talked to him for a Did little you? bit. Did you? Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, good. He hasn't come out and visited me. Well, he didn't visit me he either. I <laughs> just ran into him. <laughs> he, he usually always does that when he's in town. He lives in on the other side of the mountains. Yeah. Well, the other nursery, I, <coughs> other nursery catalog I like is one called Bluestone Nursery. Yes, also nice. Lots of cool stuff there. Now, nothing is cheap anymore. No. They're out in Nebraska? I think so. Yeah. The Midwest somewhere. And, again, two pages, handwritten. Oh, things. things <laughs> wish list. <laughs> wish list, yes. Yeah, I make those, too. Yeah, and then I somehow managed to lose them, but. I, me, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then find them, maybe, years later. Years later. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's always fun to find your favorite nursery and just peruse things and look at stuff you want to get and then and then. Then you have to decide, well, where am I going <coughs> to put it? And my wife mentioned to me the other day, she says, you have an unnatural knack of finding places <laughs> to put more plants. <laughs> and she said, oh, with the stress on unnatural. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a question you never ask when you're in a garden center. No. You never ask that question of yourself. No. Where am I going to put this? Absolutely not. In fact, in my yard... I have areas planted with way too much of something. Oh, yeah. So that I can take some of it out to put something new in. Yep, yep. I mean, it's like space holders. Yep, I've been doing that and cleaning up the front yard. It's mm-hmm. I got too much of that. Let's pull that out. Make room for something else. Exactly. <laughs> well, we've got a caller on, line, on right. uh, the line right now. Irene is wanting to talk to us. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Last week, you mentioned something about tissue propagation. And I got to thinking, how does that work? Uh, it's a very complicated process. Uh, <coughs> tissue culture is where they take the actively growing meristem of the plant at the very tippy tip of the growing point, and they take that tissue, which is 
basically undifferentiated cells at that point, and they they put him in a sterile flask or a sterile growing mix of different types of hormones and auger solution and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me if I'm getting off no, base no, here, you're Jim. Fine. Uh, and and then that that those <coughs> pieces of undifferentiated cells start to proliferate, still undifferentiated. It looks like cancer tumors. Yeah. <laughs> and and after they get to a certain size, then they take them out of this sterile environment, cut them up into a bunch of small pieces, and do it again. Yep, do it again. And then once they have enough of this undifferentiated cells uh, to make as many plants as they want, then they change the hormone solution yep. that they're growing in to cause them to produce roots and shoots. And then after a certain amount of time, they've got leaves and they've got roots. They can, again, take them out of the sterile solution, the sterile growing mix that they're growing them in, and pot them up and grow them on. And so it, it's, it's complicated. It's time-consuming. You have to have, yeah, you have to have scient- very, very sterile working conditions. It's very scientific. Isn't that easier to plant seeds? Yes. <laughs> yes, but with seeds, you've got genetic variability. That's and with right. tissue yeah, culture, you're producing exactly the same plant over and over and over again. Well, I, I was just curious. But I, even with tissue culture, you can end up overdoing it and start to get genetic variability. You, yeah. you start to get mutations yeah. from doing it too much. And some of those turn out to be good. Some of them do Mo- turn out to be good. Most of them not. Yeah, uh, or at least very unstable. Yep. But yeah, that's how that's how things like orchids have been reproduced so quickly and in such large numbers that the prices have come down from you know hundreds or thousands of dollars per plant because they had to do it for by division of individual plants to maybe tens of dollars for plants, and it they made them affordable by the. By the General masses, yeah, yeah, by the millions. And it's probably, as I recall, orchids are the number one potted blooming plant in the country right now. Probably. Really? That's why you know, Home Depot can sell them for 10 bucks. I had television on last week, and I think it was uh, Botanical Gardens in Ohio. Okay. And they were uh, talking to the lady in charge of the gardens. And they mentioned orchids. And she says they're so simple to take care of. She's just put an ice cube in one. Oh, God. No, and never. She was a horticulturist. Oh, God. Never use ice cubes. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's. Well, thank you for your information. You I bet. enjoy your program. Sure. Well, thanks, Irene. And, and if, you're, if you're more interested in that tissue culture <laughs> stuff, uh, check out YouTube. There's all kinds of videos that show you how it's done. Not that you'd ever want to do it yourself, but you can see the visual of how it's done, and it makes more sense. Okay, thank you. You <laughs> bet. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. One of the first, and maybe the first place in the country that this was done for a commercial crop was at Colorado State University. No kidding. Oh, carnations. carnations. Yeah. Yep. yep. Now, they didn't do it commercially, but they worked out the process of how to do it. Yeah, because every plant is different. They built an entire building to do just that. Yeah. And now all of that carnation growing is being done in Central America. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's growing carnations in this country at all. I'd be surprised. I would be. And Colorado, Wheat Ridge in particular, yes. used to be the 
carnation capital of the country, of maybe the, the world. Actually, the world, yes. That's why there's, there's the, the Wheat Ridge Carnation Festival. Yes, yes. Existed. That's right. I don't know if it still does. I don't know either. Um, you wonder why they would. <laughs> but there were, you know, when, when, when I moved here in the late 70s, there were greenhouses all over the place yep. growing nothing but carnations. Nothing but carnations for the entire country. Mm -hmm. And then all of that went to California because California, if you pick the right place, you don't have to heat. You don't have to have a greenhouse. You don't need a, a full-fledged greenhouse. Yeah. And then... That then moved from <coughs> California to Central America. Mm -hmm. Why? Labor cost. Mm -hmm. Again, picking the right place. Typically what they do is they go up the mountainside and find where that one spot is. <laughs> that the, temperatures the right temperature and, yeah. is, is, is correct for growing carnations. Yeah. And then they put up acres and acres of greenhouses. And see, everybody has in their heads that carnations need to be inexpensive <coughs> at, at retail. Yep. Because that's what you grew up with. So first, it, you know, kicked out of Colorado because of the cost of water and heat. Yep. And then kicked out of the U.S. because of the cost of labor. Yep. So what's next? To keep that price down. And then even in South America, the governments down there subsidize the, gr the crops. Yeah, yeah. To keep the, the prices down and mm -hmm. keep their people employed. And now they're growing carnations in all over the world. Um, growing lots of them in Israel, of all places. Israel, yeah. And a couple of places in Africa as well. And, and like orchids, we talked about <coughs> orchids growing cut, cut, not only cut flowers, but blooming potted plants for sale uh, of orchids in the Netherlands. Yes, on big scale. Big scale. And Taiwan. Taiwan and Thailand, I think. Oh, and that's, maybe that's what I meant. Yeah. Thailand, yeah. yeah. Thailand. It's a T word. <laughs> and, and it's it, way over there. They're not that far from each other. Yeah. All right. We have All to right. take a break. And during that period of time, we need to get some callers here. <clears throat> and we're going to do that by you. And we can't do it on this end here. Although we're, we're working on, uh, on some sort of computer program where we can do it from here as well. But uh, you have to do it for now. And here's the phone number, 303-477-2473. And uh, when you do that, and while you're doing that, we're going to take a little break right here on Legends 810. Plants in general are good for the soul, and many studies show people are healthier and happier when surrounded by plants. You will find a nice selection of house plants and some great pots to add interest to your decor at Jared's Nursery and Garden Center. House plants not only add beauty to your living space, they make it healthier by removing toxins and pollutants from the air in your home. Spider plants, philodendron, dracaena, and peace lilies are just some of the common plants that can be great air purifiers. If you're having trouble with existing plants, the staff at Jared's can help you determine the problem and recommend a solution. Maybe the only good thing about COVID is that it resulted in many new gardeners. Jared's has a great selection of seeds, including heirloom and many unusual varieties of flowers and vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, sunflowers, zinnias, and others. Check out their website, jaredsgarden.com, for classes beginning February 5th to help as you plan for spring. Jared's Nursery and Garden Center is located on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Winter hours are 9 to 5, 7 days a week. They thank you for your support in 2021 and look forward to serving you in 2022. 
advertise your product or service with the Garden Wise Guys, the most listened to radio gardening show in Colorado since 1994. Radio talk show hosts Keith Funk and Jim Borland are dedicated to supporting and promoting independent businesses and the products and services you sell. The reason for their success is they help their advertisers. This is a destination show every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m., simulcasting on both a.m. and f.m. People are gardening in larger numbers than ever, and radio advertising is timely, adaptable, targeted, and affordable. Listeners can catch the show at home, in the car, at work, and at play. On the radio, computer, or mobile device, the radio is there. Today's competitive marketplace demands an active medium, and that's radio, capable of stirring emotion, creating demand, and selling your product or service. Contact the Garden Wise Guys now. Email thegardenwiseguys at gmail.com. Thegardenwiseguys at gmail.com. And we are back. Indeed we are. We don't have those phone calls yet. Uh, people are probably still trying to figure out how to how to punch those numbers in, right? I guess. I, I guess it's hard to do early in the morning. <laughs> it gets easier as the day goes on. Hey, there's going to be a tree diversity conference here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not going to be here in Denver. It's being run by people here in Denver. And it's going to be online, and that makes it a Zoom, a Zoom a virtual or a webinar or yeah. all kinds of names for these things anymore. But anyway, it's a virtual, if you will, online. It's the 2022 8th Annual Tree Diversity Conference, and uh, it's going to be on March the 4th from 8.30 in the morning until 3.30 in the afternoon. Now, having said that, they're going to have a number of speakers uh, who are going to take probably an hour each to deliver their topic. Topics that I recall, one is on the movement of trees north due to climate change. Um, one is on getting trees introduced to the public. That's a sort of a panel. There are going to be a number of speakers on that. And a couple other speakers talking about things about trees, all of which is really quite pertinent to us living here in Colorado. So if you are interested, you want to go to, an easy way to do this is to go to www.dbg, that's Denver Botanic Gardens, and look under their education column. And there'll be uh, information on how to, how to find out more information. And, uh, and there are costs associated with these. Mm-hmm. And like it is with everything in life, everything costs money. Uh, the public <coughs> is $45 for the entire day. Oh, and then there's student cost of twenty dollars and probably other things too. But that's all there online. Now, having said that, we have been empowered to give away two tickets to this thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to do one today, and I'll announce that a little bit later. A little bit later on, we'll have a, a scintillating question. It will be that and you'll need to answer and correctly. It, <clears throat> and it's hard to come up with a question that you can't find online. Oh, you no. ever tried that? I mean, it's almost impossible, except maybe, what did I name my dog? <laughs> that won't be there. Well, maybe it's not there. But uh, stay tuned right here if you're interested in learning about trees, tree diversity. Uh, when those were real in, and were, were in person at, at the Botanic Gardens, Keith and I have gone to a couple of them. Really quite interesting. Some of the speakers are fascinating. Didn't they have one at DU that we went to? <coughs> they did. You're right. Yeah. Did have one. They may have had more than one there yeah. at DU. Uh, DU, by the way, has their own um, collection of trees, which is known as 
An arboretum. arboretum. There we go. Yes. Thank you. Some words we just haven't used because of COVID. Because we haven't <laughs> talked to people, haven't gone out, haven't gone anywhere. Uh, but anyway, they used to have, they still do have an arboretum there. Um, and I forget the name of the fellow who's in charge of that. But they have all kinds of strange things there. There's, I travel up and down university quite often. Yeah. And, and just from university, in my car, driving by, you can see all kinds of interesting oh, things. Yeah. Horse chestnuts and yes. all sorts of stuff. So it's really wonderful. Now, I may be wrong, but I believe the trees are labeled. I may be wrong on that. I haven't noticed it from my car. And if they're, yeah, at <laughs> 40 miles an hour, yeah. what, what can you see? There's a book, by the way, on wildflowers at 55 miles an hour. Is that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, if they, and I, I don't know this, but I suspect somewhere on campus they have a printed list and a map of where all the More than likely, are. yeah. Yes. Yeah, you probably find that online too. Well, you know, that's right. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> I'm still operating 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're interested in looking at a variety of trees that obviously grow here, mm -hmm. and a lot of the trees been in long enough that they've experienced uh, some of the worst that Colorado can throw at them. Mm -hmm. So you might want to take a look. If you're interested in finding new trees to grow, Rather than, you know, the, uh, the honey locust and red maple and what's next in line. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> ash trees. Yeah, you don't want to grow ash trees You don't want to grow ash trees anymore. No. Although there's some new elms coming back on yes. the market. Some new okay. hybrid elms. Yes, that are um, resistant to Dutch elm disease. And we do still have some American elms here in yep. the metro area. Yes. Some old Yes, they Big do. I uh, sent an email to the the bug expert at Colorado State University, Whitney, Whitney Cranshaw, who has since retired. Uh, but at the time, was still answering questions, so yeah. I sent him a letter. I asked him about the Dutch elm disease here in Denver, specifically, I think, and his answer was that no, it's still here, but now there are so few trees. Yeah. That the beetles are finding it hard to find them. <laughs> yeah, until we plant a lot more elms. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and thus it's you know it, it's still here, but uh, you, it's safe to grow some of the resistant elms. Yeah, <clears throat> they should be all right until the next wave of whatever comes down the pike. Well, and hopefully the <clears throat> resistant chestnuts would be nice to have too. It would be. I don't know where that program goes right now. They, all the American chestnuts have come down with this thing called the chestnut blight. Yeah. And uh, it hasn't killed them all. It kills them to the ground, and then they re-sprout. Right. And they grow for a number of years, and then they get hit again. Yeah. But anyway, they've taken the American chestnut, which is the one everybody wants, and crossed it with... European. Or Asian. I think it's Asian. Now. Asian, okay. Japanese or China, I forget. Okay. And then they're doing some... We'll have to say genetic manipulations. They keep breeding back the American elm or American chestnut chestnut into that tree yeah. to try to get back to something that's closer to our American chestnut, but is resistant to yeah. the blight. And they may yeah. be pretty close to it right now. I guess they're going back to where the blight originated mm -hmm. to get material, genetic material from those trees that can live with it. That live with it, yeah. And put it into our trees. It's a long what process. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yes. Now, this is uh, what we used to call genetic modification, GM. Yeah. 
that's when the distinction between GM and GE trees was distinct. Now it's not. No. Everybody calls all these things GM and really not true. GMOs. GMOs, sorry. Yeah. Yes. But to me, a GMO can be just something as simple as a hybrid. Yes. That was created. But a GE is where they actually go in and do some gene splicing. Yes. Yes. Manipulate the genes artificially. Yep. Anywho, we've got callers. Yeah, we, uh, good. Yeah, let's good. start with Mike out in Denver. Good morning, Mike. What's going on with you today? Well, I've got uh, a question maybe you fellas don't want to wade into. Uh, for decades, I've taken care of my own lawn, fertilization, and weed control, and uh, I'm to the point where I'm about ready to hire that out. And do you recommend or can you recommend uh, any of the local lawn care companies? You know, to tell you the truth, Mike, I know that there are probably some good ones out there, uh, uh, but I personally have no experience doing that. So I can't give you any personal experience as to who I would recommend. What about you, Jim? Not offhand, although we have contracted with a, well, I guess it's now a local company. It's actually a nationwide company, Save a Tree. Uh-huh. They're going to come in and treat our lawn, or I should say, come treat Dorothy's lawn <laughs> uh, this this spring and summer. Okay. Well, there you go. Save a tree would be. Save a tree. That was. Uh, Swingle. Swingle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Swingle. Yeah, Swingle and a couple others. They bought up a whole bunch of companies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, real merger, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and don't be dismayed if you find out that they call all of their staff arborist <laughs> i don't know why but obviously some of them do, deal only with lawns yeah yeah now there is a professional organization here in colorado uh that goes by the abbreviation of calcap c-a-l-c-p and you have to the, this organization to become a member of it these lawn care professionals uh, have to be vetted by the organization to make sure they have all the correct paperwork, the insurance, the training, all those sorts of things, uh, good, uh, better business bureau ratings, and so forth. So that would be another place to look online <coughs> because they, then you can search by city as okay. to what would be a good, a good company to use in your particular area. I can, right. I can give you a phone number. I just happen okay. to have this. The phone right, I'm ready. Okay, 303-850-7587. Okay. And they'll probably answer the phone with CalCap. And that stands for the Colorado Arborist and Lawn Care Professionals. And okay, I see. So you can also go online and just type in C-A-L-C-P. Yeah, that'll do it. And, and that'll, it, it might bring up one from California, too, so you might want to put C-A-L-C-P Colorado. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And then that'll bring it right up, and you can, you can search online uh, at your leisure. All right. <laughs> yeah, from the comfort of your home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doing a lot of that lately. Yeah, yeah aren't no we, though? kidding. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. You You're bet. welcome. Thanks for calling, Mike. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. Yeah, they, uh, we, we had that question before, and we, I, 
I realized that they had combined, but I didn't know just how they had done that. But uh, you wonder how the arborists and lawn care people <laughs> ever got together. Exactly. Well, but it's part, it's all part of a larger landscape. <laughs> now, right? we, Keith and I have been here for a long time in Colorado. And uh, over, the, over the years, these professional organizations have busted apart and become separate, and then they've combined, and, and I, it's just hard to keep track. Well, there's, the larger organization is called GreenCo, and yeah. that's the umbrella organization that all these others are, have broken out underneath, like the Colorado Nurserymen's Association and the Greenhouse the, Growers the garden cent- Yeah, the Greenhouse right. Growers, the Garden Centers, the Arborists, the Lawn Care Professionals, the Landscapers, all have their own little niche organizations yeah. under the GreenCo umbrella. Yeah, so if you went to GreenCo, you can put that in the search box. And they'll list all of them, and uh, you'll have direct contact to each and every one of them. Joy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I guess that's a, an easier answer to give out. Just go now to Greenco. Tony, um, Tony Hahn, he's mm-hmm. with DCPS. Yes. Do they do, do, uh, they they do were that doing sort of lawn maintenance? Or are they primary? Or Well, I guess they do. They yeah. were mostly large commercial. Large commercial. But I thought they were breaking into the residential. Well, that was, I don't know if they've succeeded in doing that yet. Oh, okay. All right. Because that's what he told us, Mm -hmm. person to person. True. They were looking into going into residential in addition to doing the large commercial. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if they've done that or not. But again, you could go to, what's the name of the organization again? It's DCPS, are the, are the four letters that stand for Denver CPS. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put type that in there and you'll come up with <laughs> the guy who used to be with Swingle. Yeah, he yeah. went over to that company yeah, to that's kind of run their landscape maintenance well, yeah. division. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he knows... Everything there is to know about lawns and stuff. Be nice to have a, a company like that that we could recommend on a regular basis. Well, we should check in and see if his company did go residential. Yeah, because I know we, we know Tony. Good. Yeah, he's we a good guy. We know he knows what he's doing. He's really a good guy. Yeah, he's almost too good. Is there such a thing? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we could take our second break here, and we're going to come back with your phone calls. And by the way, here's our phone number once again: three zero three. Four seven seven twenty four seventy three. All of that right here on Legends eight ten. Spring is right around the corner, and we couldn't be more excited to get our gardens growing. If you're in need of seed, Botanical Interests has you covered this season. Their carefully chosen varieties are third-party tested to ensure successful germination rates, so you can be confident that you're getting high-quality seed every time. Not only are their seeds non-GMO project verified, but they also set you up for success by providing detailed sowing instructions and organic gardening advice inside each seed packet. With over 600 gardener-approved varieties to choose from, including tried-and-true heirlooms, organic seeds, native varieties, and easy-to-grow essentials, there's sure to be something for everyone. Find Botanical Interests high-quality seeds at thousands of independent garden centers across the country or online at botanicalinterests.com. Did you fight a yard full of pesky weeds last year? Fertilome has a solution for that. Stop those weed seeds from ever coming up with Fertilome for All Seasons, one of the longest-lasting weed preventers on the market. 
It will prevent crabgrass, spurge, purslane, and other weeds for up to six months. So apply it early and let it do the work. It also has a unique blend of slow-release fertilizer that contains important micronutrients, including iron, that will green up your yard all summer long. Use the product the professionals use, Fertilome for All Seasons. Look for Fertilome for All Seasons at these and other independent garden centers. Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Tagawa Garden Center in Centennial, and Wilmore Nursery in Littleton. Be sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. And we are back on Legends 810, taking your phone calls about your garden questions. And having said that, why don't we go out and ask? Well, we've got Sharon waiting to talk to us out in Centennial. Good morning, Sharon. Hi. Hi there. I have, I have a potted miniature rose that I received for Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. It says it's an indoor plant, quote. Yeah. Well, this time of year, yes, it would be. <laughs> Is it something, if I can keep it alive, that I can put outside when it's time? Yes. Oh, good. Yep. You have to give it lots of light. Okay. Well, I have a window. I can do that. Well, good. Yeah, and just let it get slightly on the dry side between waterings, but not so dry that it wilts. Okay. And then I'd also use a, a mild houseplant fertilizer on it, you know, a couple times a month. To, to keep it healthy, but the light is going to be the most important part. I have some southwest-facing windows where I keep all my geraniums for the winter. So. Oh, they'll love that, yes. <laughs> so it should be happy there. I was just hoping I'd be able to put it outside because I'm not a houseplant person. <laughs> gotcha. No, I, I, I agree with you that uh, miniature roses are perfectly hardy here. Uh, oftentimes they they will die to the ground during the winter, but you know the, they come up. They're not grafted, so they come up from the roots below ground, and they're still the same plant. Good. Probably put it in a fairly protected area. Well, I you know in an area that gets at least half a day of direct sun, okay. and I'd say the morning sun is going to be better for it than the hot afternoon sun. Okay, I think I know where I can do that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Thanks for calling this morning, Sharon. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, who's next up? Is that going to be Paul? All right. Good morning, Paul. Thanks for calling the Garden Wise Guys. Morning, Wise Guys. Um, yeah, I've been listening to you guys about 15 years, and this is my first time calling. So, Well, thank you very much. Um, sure thing. Um, I've got a Panchito Manzanita um, that I got from Paulino's right when they were closing. And I've got a, I've got on the west side of my house, and I've got a uh, Apache plume and a woodward and a lead plant growing right around it that are doing great. The manzanita is doing nothing. I mean, it hasn't grown an inch. How long is oh? It's been and, since, uh, since Paulino closed, so that's been a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It hasn't done anything. So that's what been what about four years or so, mm -hmm. at least. And uh, the, it, the sun comes over the house, hits it about noontime, so it's getting full-on afternoon sun. And they should be perfectly happy with yeah, that. It, it should be okay. They're not real fast growers. They take a while to catch on, to, to establish. Are you, um, okay. How are you watering that area? Um, as long as it's been in there, I don't water it very much. Um, like I said, I've got a, uh, an Apache plume and yeah. a lead plant and a woodward, and they're doing 
perfectly fine. Yeah, the first two you mentioned there, the Apache plume and uh, the lead plant, yeah. you can grow those without any supplement of water. The woodward right, probably right. would. No, I guess that can grow without water, too. Yeah. Uh, are, is your manzanita being shaded by those plants? No. I, f- I find in my yard that the manzanitas, I've, I've got Panchito, Chieftain, I've got the Coloradoensis, I've got a couple of other varieties that aren't even ma- available on the market right now, and they all respond really well to regular watering. Yes. I'd give okay. us a couple okay, of shots I, of water in summer. Yeah. Okay, I can do that easy enough. The and the other, ones, the other ones you mentioned, you can, you can water them too. Uh, they don't need it. But if you do, they will respond by growing more. So you're not going to be hurting them by watering. And I suspect... Yeah, I, I go... Go ahead. I, I suspect that after you've gotten it well established, maybe after another three to five years of regular watering, and it's established a very extensive root system, then you can cut way back. Yeah, I go over there about... Um, probably every other week and uh drag the hose over there and flood them pretty good you know i get it until the water's standing up go over water some other stuff come back flood yeah. them again yeah that's yeah. the way to do um it. in my then, landscape uh, they so, get water so about twice every other a week. week yeah I, I do about every other week so i can step that up um no problem I mean, the lead plant, I've butchered it back down to the ground twice, and it comes back fantastic. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Another thing, I've got, um, go ahead. I was going to say, you can do that with the uh, patchy plume, too. Okay. You can cut it to the ground. I I would say cut it to, like, uh, six inches tall. Yeah, I mean, if you need to. If not, uh, just leave it alone. Okay, yeah, right now it's um it's been in the ground for a few years, so mm-hmm. but I'll keep I'll keep that in mind if it starts getting too yeah. and the woodward juniper w- will respond to extra water as well. Okay. Which yeah, is the yeah, case like I said, those three are doing great. So. Yeah, which is the case with a lot of these these uh, dry land plants. Some you don't want to water. But the three that you mentioned there would would respond. So okay. um, yeah, just give it extra um, water. I think it'll be fine. Okay, I've got a uh, Grolo sumac that I need to either possibly move or take a cutting off of it. Uh, cuttings, cuttings on the, cuttings on that don't work very well. I I try okay. to move it. Is it? Okay, okay, yeah, I didn't wasn't sure if it was really movable or not. It's only been there for a couple of years, but we've got two dogs that love to stomp right through its path. So <laughs> okay, yeah, so if it's only it's been in for a couple of years, good. it it should be fairly easy to move you might want to cut it back by maybe a third when you do that okay okay sounds awesome guys hey thanks so much i appreciate it you bet thanks for giving us a call uh-huh. all right you bet that grolo sumac um, doesn't respond to pruning like other plants it oh yeah it responds a little bit like um russian olive you can prune it and expect a branch to come out at the proper place. That's mm, got another idea. A <laughs> <laughs> branch will come out and go right through the tree. Like, no, that isn't what I want. No. And uh, the Grillo sumac is sort of like that too. I've been trying to keep it lower. Uh huh. And every time I cut it back, it sends the branch like off in another direction altogether. That was not right. Well, that's not helpful. No. 
Well, have you tried that new one, that amber? Yes, I have one of those. It's What's it called, uh, amber or something or other? Well, I want to say amber glow, but that could be wrong. I think you're right, amber glow. That yeah. sounds right. It's it's, it's even lower even than lower. grow low. Yeah. So that that one should do, and it still gives you the great fall color, yeah. which is why you grow that particular sumac, and it's. And when you, what, you know, typically when people hear the word sumac, they think, oh, no, that's a weed. It's invasive. Suckers come up everywhere. It's a horrible thing. Don't ever plant a sumac. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, this, this particular type of sumac is not one of those. No, it's a three-leaf sumac. Roos, well, it has two names, Roos trilobata or Roos aromatica. And uh, use either one. <clears throat> Most people do. They don't sucker. No, they don't sucker. And that uh, autumn amber <coughs> sumac, not autumn glow or yeah, amber yeah, glow. It's autumn, autumn amber. amber sumac is, is a much lower one, only to 12 inches tall. Yep. Whereas grow low, I've seen as much as three feet tall. Yeah, it can get up there. Yep. And but it's st stunning fall color. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. I took lots and lots of pictures. And you, that's one of the things you take pictures, I suppose, any plant. Uh, take pictures at different times of the day, and you get different results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so if you're looking for a low-growing shrub to cover a large area, maybe a dryland area, maybe an area that you want to, you know, stabilize a slope, or even just kind of cascading down over a rock wall. Yep, it'll do that. Yeah. That autumn amber would do really nicely, or the grow low if you want something a little bit larger. Mm -hmm. So look at those. They're <coughs> very good as far as water-wise, what I would call water-wise. I hate to use the word xeric because I think people get the wrong idea. But, you know, you, you see literature where they you know, say daylilies and echinaceas and are xeric, yeah. even <laughs> budleas are xeric. And I think, what are you talking about? <laughs> Not here, folks. No. All right, uh, where are we at time-wise? Okay, let's go out and talk to Rick in Aurora. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Just dandy. What's going yeah, on I, with you today? Well, I've got, uh, I know I've got an issue coming up when spring hits. Um, I tend to have a lot of snakes in my backyard in the lawn. Oh, lucky you. I know. Um, I'd just like to know how to get rid of them. I don't want to kill them. I don't like doing that. But... I mean, there's times in the spring I go out, and there's all these nine or ten little heads popping out <laughs> from different sections of the lawn watching me mow, and then they pop down in the ground when I come by with the lawnmower. Yeah. And then Mama comes out and goes across my feet, and <laughs> I jump up into the tree and scream like a little girl. So. Oh, I'd pay money to watch that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, let us maybe know. Maybe I should charge. You should, yeah. That would be a good TikTok video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there are snake repellents on the market. Have you tried any of those? I haven't. I haven't. I, that's where I would start. Okay. And, and there's a technique to using those snake repellents. And it'll, it'll tell you on the label how to do that. But if you're like most men, you don't read the label. Right. So I'll right. tell you. After I do. Why <laughs> right. doesn't it work? Oh, that's why. Well, you, you start. You don't do the whole area at once. You start maybe close to the house, putting it down, and then you gradually advance in the direction that you want to move the snakes away. Okay. Does that the make sense? The neighbor I dislike the most. There you go. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, you'll have to look online to, to, to get a mongoose. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to bring one back from Hawaii. Oh, yeah, yeah, they got enough of them there. Jeez. They do but, all over the place. Oh, Lord. But, Rick, keep in mind that even, you know, after you use the, the repellent and, you, and you've managed to move the snakes and they've all migrated like a herd of wildebeests over <laughs> to your neighbor's house, <laughs> um, once you stop using the repellent, <laughs> guess what they do? <laughs> They'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> they like tormenting me. Well, well yeah, or you, you apparently have the right conditions that snakes like. Yeah, well, I've got a healthy lawn. I use fertile loam and rich lawn constantly throughout the years. So. Uh-huh. What do you have next to the lawn? What are you up against? Um, on the house side, it's gravel around the house. Okay. And then on the other side is the fence line, and there's just a small um, area w- with plants in it. And I've, I've been for years keeping everything off the ground so there's nothing to hide under. Yeah. yeah. And I put in, you know, perennials out there. Okay. You're not up against an open space or something. No, uh, open space is not too far from me, and they're loaded with rattlesnakes, which I don't oh, have. But yeah, it's um, it's out by Buckley where they have the used to have the dog park. Okay, and they closed it because of all the rattlesnakes. Um, but no, I don't have that type of problem. These are just harmless snakes. Yeah, they're probably garter snakes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had one, um, a piece of black plastic flew into the yard. Uh, early last spring when we were still getting frost and I finally made it out there to pick it up and when I picked it up there was a snake under it and he was orange and black beautiful just all curl coiled yeah. up and then he took off but uh, the others are just gray silverish looking things yeah I would um, I, I'm curious I would like to know chief is which uh, I think they're all garter snakes but they come are, in lots of different color yeah, forms they, 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 there are several species and uh-huh. I think within a species, they can vary in the color. Yeah, yeah I'd just be curi- curious to find out which ones you have. Yeah, I should just have my grandson come over because he keeps saying, Grandpa, don't kill him, don't kill him, Grandpa. Yeah, 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 kids pay, love him. Yeah, pay him a buck <laughs> a piece to catch him and then release him someplace yeah. else. Yeah. I should. <laughs> but then he'd want me to drive him there. Yeah, uh, he could just wear some gloves and pick them up and put them into a, a container. Well, if, you, if you've got an open space nearby, he can just walk over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for the information. Sure thing. And I've enjoyed you guys for years. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate the call. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. In case you were wondering, I have not found any new echinaceas or or, uh, coneflowers over the past year. Yeah, I know. So we're holding firm at 745 cultivars so far. All right. I know there are more in the the line Mm -hmm. because I see them on Facebook. They post pictures without, without names. They just have... If he posts anything, it has just a number that no. later on will be given a be name. Given a name, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I sewed uh, foxgloves uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh huh. They're up and growing. Talk about tiny seedlings. Yeah, they are tiny. And you know they they they're biennial for the most part. There are some perennial ones out there, especially mm-hmm. the ones in the Plant Select program, <coughs> are perennials. But the ones I grow, um, I, I've been seeding, are the purpurea type. Um, Excelsior hybrids is what I've been yeah. And they're, they're typically considered a biennial, which means the first year they just grow a plant and lots of foliage. And then the second year, they have to go through a winter. And the second year, that's when they bloom. They produce these beautiful flower spikes. They set seed, and then the whole plant dies and scatter seed everywhere. And you and start all over again. You start all over again. But I'm looking at these seedlings coming up again, and I, it reminded me that they're tiny, 
tiny seedlings, mm-hmm. how do they survive coming up outdoors on their own? I'm amazed. There are a lot of plants like that. Yeah. They have very, very tiny seeds, and you wonder. Well, uh, there are generalities, and I forget what the specifics are, but 99.9% of seeds that fall on the ground don't ever make it. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. And thank goodness, otherwise, we would all be... All Unless be it's Spurge or Purslane. <laughs> we'd be handed out machetes at birth. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's true. Well, I really would like to get... So I, I sowed them last year. I planted them last year. They made nice big plants. They were beautiful, gorgeous foliage on them. Mm-hmm. And knowing that they're biennial, I'm sowing them again this year to plant out yes. another crop so that... Now I should have every other year they're setting seed and dropping seed and continuing that process on their own, and I don't have to do it. Yes, and they will bloom now every year because you did that. Mm -hmm. That's the plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's always. And you know how that works. Yeah, best best laid plans. But ideally, ideally, I'd be planting perennial varieties. But there aren't that many that I like. No. The one I, I enjoyed and used to follow quite a bit was the red delphinium. Oh, delphinium. I was talking oh, yeah, fox del- love. Oh, fox love. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gee, spiky plant. Come on. Yeah, spiky plant. <laughs> Different family. Yeah, well, delphiniums work, this, many of them work the same way. Yeah. Biennials. Uh, the red one they've been working on for years and would tout the newest this year, which is you know, a little bit redder than the one last Still year. Still pink. Yeah. But now they have some really healthy red ones. Do they? Yeah. The last time I planted one, which isn't a couple of years ago, that they were saying red, I planted it, and I waited, and I waited, <laughs> and I waited, <laughs> and then it finally bloomed, and it was pink. Pink. Uh, it was a dark pink. Well, <laughs> suffice it to say, years before, you couldn't have done that. There weren't any red ones. There well, weren't any pink ones. Well, yeah. I don't know. Hey, one thing that came up I was watching while shoveling snow, and who wasn't shoveling snow over the past couple of days? My neighbors shovel snow, and they shovel their snow out into the street, mm-hmm. which just makes it more difficult to get up and down the street, by the way. Yes. Uh, why they don't throw that snow on their lawn is, is beyond me. Or just in their landscape in general, yeah. People, that is free water. You could say, you know, tens of hundreds of pennies. <laughs> That's a right. year. It's free. You hear the commercials. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> free. So when you're shoveling snow, <laughs> shovel it on your lawn, your perennial beds, or in the shrub yeah. beds. Not out into the street. Come on. Jeepers creepers. Well, I, I think more importantly than the saving of money is the benefit that it creates for those plants. Giving them that extra right. moisture. If, if there are lots and lots of snow there, your grass won't start growing until every later than everybody else's. <laughs> All right, we have to get out of here and make room for a very short commercial break over the top of the hour. So I'm going to stop palavering here and uh, let that happen here on Legends 810.